0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 366 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we got the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Hey, Seth. So many spoilers!
1: So many spoilers! After weeks of talking about random stuff, uh, we just <laughs> decided to like reveal like the entire set to us. Not quite, but uh, a lot
0: of cards. Oh yeah, we got we got spoilers for days to talk about, and that's going to be a big part of the cast. But there's some other news we got to get to too. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Before we get to that, we got another co-host in Grim. How's it going this morning, Grim? Oh, dude. I mean, okay.
2: So this this is. Oh, there's a lot of spoilers. Yeah. But, but like normally there, that sounds like tiring and whatnot and like, oh man, lots of
0: spoilers, but dude, this set Neon Dynasty is looking amazing it is it looks really really sweet it's looking powerful and it's really unique and i'm really i'm more hyped for it now than when i heard we were going back to kamagawa because i'm not like a huge kamagawa fanboy or whatever like i think of kamagawa's as this, like really parasitic underpowered set and not for like it's <laughs> awesome flavor but they've won me over with the spoilers we've seen so far for sure but uh, that's one of our big topics for today we actually have two big topics one is we got a big b and announcement a few days ago changing multiple formats uh, so we're going to With that, and then we're going to spend the rest of the cast talking about sweet new Kamigawa cards. Uh, Maybe get to a fish mail or two at the end of the cast. So that's the overview of the cast for today. Before we jump into it, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And we've been telling you about Card Conduit, a great way to sell your magic collection for quite a while now. And they have their curated shipment service, which lets you sell valuable cards with a reduced service fee. As long as your cards have a retail value of $2 or more, you can send in as many as you want and still only pay a 5% fee. And like with all of Card Conduit services, you don't get to sort your cards. You don't get to grade your cards. You get to skip all those hassles and just safely package up your cards and ship them out and you'll get a detailed report with all the results, so you can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option as a way to buy list cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low, low service fee of just 5%, and you can even get another 10% off by going to cardconduit.com slash MTG Goldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your Magic card. So thanks so much to Card Conduit for supporting the show, and let's talk... Some BR announcement. announcements, so Richard, last, what, Tuesday, we got a BR announcement, changing multiple formats, what actually was on the announcement? Alright, uh, standard bannings, Alrin's
1: Epiphany, Divide by Zero, Faceless Haven, those three are banned from standard, on the legacy front, Monkey is gone, Raghavan Nimble Pilferer is banned in legacy. Historic memory lapse is banned, but it was previously previously suspended, so like no change really there. Teferi Time Raveler has been rebalanced and unbanned. So Teferi's back in action. Uh, in terms of alchemy, they buffed like a whole bunch of cards. And then they nerfed a whole <laughs> bunch of cards. So that affects alchemy and historic. It's just notable that of the cards they buffed, you have like random like commons and uncommons from the venture. Uh, Archetype—they're just trying to revive that thing. Uh, and Teferi was nerfed, Hellbreak Horror was nerfed, Divide by Zero was nerfed, Lear was nerfed. Uh, so you can check out the full list on the website. But a lot of alchemy
0: rebalances thrown in here as well. So let's let's start with. Let's start with standard. I think that's the the easiest place to start. Also, it's kind of funny that we spent most of last week's cast talking about modern bannings and then and then they just no changed modern. No sagas, yeah, no, no yeah. monkeys. None of the things we were talking about actually happened. But they did hit standard pretty hard. Epiphany's gone, divide by zero gone, faceless haven gone, which kind of chops the legs out of essentially the whole top tier of the meta, like uh, hitting epiphany divide by zero hits the epiphany deck hits. Is it control? Other control decks would divide by zero faceless. Aven hits mono green, mono white. What do you think about standard now? Crib? with these changes? Uh, and what do you think about these, uh, these changes themselves? So, okay.
2: I do believe that the Alrun's epiphany change should have happened a billion years ago. Cause that, that is a miserable card. Um, what, I am surprised by is divide by zero what why like like legitimately why and faceless haven i mean is that dude who who does that hit like mono white and mono green but like that's not like the main problem i guess amongst those decks and if those decks are even problematic well green is but like yeah like i i think that divide by zero was kind of random uh
0: really surprised by that (laughs) like so yeah, you want you want my my explanation for that banning? When I read this ban list, to me, what I see is wizards wanting Kamigawa Neon Dynasty to actually show up in the format, and I would argue that Divide by Zero was banned. It, it, I know part of it was to power down the hallbreaker or wizard said that in the BNR, but I think the other part of it that they couldn't have even said, because this was before spoilers started, but I think it was to allow the, the mythic spirit dragons to maybe be playable. Cause you know, what's really brutal against these like flashy expensive cards with death triggers that is just getting them bounced back to your hand repeatedly. And that's what would have happened. Like how do you play Junji or any of those like really like awesome death trigger dragons, if like the, the most played removal and standard is fading hope and divide by zero, you just can't like it, it would be so, so bad. So I think that was the one of the big reasons for it is Wizards wanting people to be able to play their new Kamigawa cards and thinking, all right, no one's going to be able to play these dragons, at least competitively. If we let these really popular, powerful bounce spells stay in the format. <laughs> I I
2: mean, I think that wasn't going to happen anyways, but but I mean I guess like divide by zero is a a big enough and most a more popular card. So I guess sure. I I I could see that.
0: Also Leer's a little busted. I mean like Leer divide by zero like feels a little cheaty because you're not supposed to be able to counter things, but divide by zero like gets around that really efficiently. So I could see maybe that was their other concern is like if we do all these changes, and is it controls just still the best deck without Epiphany, and everyone just plays Lear and Hallbreaker Horror, like that's not really going to make you know the the Magic Arena subreddit crowd happy at least. Like if that's how the meta ended up,
2: yeah. But those the, that the Magic Arena subreddits never happy no matter what. They're permapissed, <laughs> and, and so like the thing here about that is I. I I don't understand if I buy zero at all. Like I, I get, I get the other cards. I I fully understand those. I mean, Faces Haven. I, I I don't know. Maybe I I don't understand that either. But like, come on. The the whole the whole they, so that you could play dragons. I I don't I don't think that's. There's no way, right? There's just no way. <laughs> there's got to be other bounce spells in the format. So I I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that Fading that's Hope exists. Strong enough,
1: but this. Maybe it's too strong, right? Like, you know, it's a bounce spell with value, so you bounce your stupid dragon, and then <laughs> you play all your strict haven cards. Maybe they, maybe they do want it gone, but I I don't I, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't trust Wizards and their balancing anymore, so whatever they do is quite random to me. So like, they're like, "Okay, we'll get Auron's epiphany and then we'll start preemptively banning these other things to shape our meta." And yeah, but the meta will be broken in some other way, so we'll just we'll just wait a couple of weeks for Neon Dynasty to come out whenever it gets broken, and then we'll go from there. But I don't know about these preemptive bans. Like, Wizards has shown they're
0: not good at designing formats, so I don't know what the point of a preemptive ban is. I think they want the meta broken by Kamigawa cards <laughs> that they're currently trying to sell, not like Heldheim cards that was so, you know, a year ago at this point. <laughs> if something's going to break, I think they'd rather have it be the new cards. I guess I mean, that's fair. So Is Standard going to be better as a result of this? Like, I uh, haven't played a ton. It's been spoiler season, so I haven't got to, and I've been sick, so I haven't got to play that much since the Bannings. But uh, do you think this improves Standard? Is it going to be a more fun format as a result of these changes?
2: I mean, I. I think the format will be very fun because of Kamigawa, but mostly just because Ninjutsu and like, and whatnot. There's going to be a lot of cool things coming in from, from Kamigawa. Does that change the fact though that the meta will be solved early? Probably not. However, yeah, like I, I do think that this Kamigawa is looking absurdly fun. I don't even think we have every spoiler out yet, right? So like we're, we're still missing like 200 some cards, I think. Uh, so from what I can see right now, like kamigawa looks amazing and i i don't know (laughs) i guess divide by zero can contribute to some of the sadness (laughs)
1: but (laughs) this is all kamigawa like nobody is getting out of bed to play alred epiphany band standard right we're all just gonna chill here and wait until kamigawa releases and then play that for a couple of weeks before we discover it's absurdly broken or underpowered in some way. And then complain and then wait for the next set, I think.
2: <laughs> I, th- I I I don't think Kamigawa is going to be underpowered. I, I think this set is absurd. Like genuinely absurd. Then we'll have the other problem,
0: and the Eldrain problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. That's like, the thing I see happening. <laughs> i mean i I, i'm way more excited to play the format now i am kind of waiting for kamigawa i think that's what uh, that is what has me really hyped but i would be much less excited about kamigawa if i was evaluating it through the context of losing to epiphany half the time not now things feel possible i know it's just my brain tricking me (laughs) into thinking it's possible but alchemy i don't so so is kamigawa the comeback
1: for standard
2: i
0: mean everyone
1: ditches alchemy and play standard now that uh kamigawa's back
2: i don't know i mean uh, is is alchemy not just standard (laughs) i mean it's not look
1: at look at the list of rebalanced cards right plus like one week into kamigawa people will be calling for nerfs and buffs in alchemy to whatever in the set right
2: well see that's (laughs) the beauty of it i don't have to worry about anything because in alchemy it'll be balanced i i think (laughs) alchemy has been a delight so far so i don't know you're, you're, i think am i like the only person on the internet that enjoys no, what, alchemy? what i'm, I'm, what I'm asking sure. is do you think people will
1: shift back to standard when no you know, when the new set releases or they'll just keep playing
2: alchemy kamigawa they're just gonna keep playing alchemy kamigawa like why wouldn't you right like it this is where if anything goes wrong, they can balance it, right?
0: I mean, I will say the the actual data that I've seen from like, I think untap.gg tracks the formats that their users play. So this is somewhat skewed by probably like more enfranchised players who actually like sign up for a tracker like untap.gg. But if you look at their data, Standard is actually like magnitudes more popular than Alchemy. Last time I saw the data, like just in terms of like the raw number of games played. So I kind of think like, a lot of people are still playing standard and aren't playing alchemy for various reasons and i think this improves standard uh, for someone like me it definitely has me interested again if if the choice was standard with Alrin's epiphany or alchemy i'm choosing alchemy 100 of the time like I'm not not even thinking about it there's no way I'm pl- there's no way even what kamigawa releasing then i'm going to go back to standard and play against Al- uh against alren's epiphany because it's just miserable now though there's actually a choice, and I think I'll probably play a mixture of standard and alchemy. Like the alchemy changes still have me excited because we just have m- new stuff all the time. Like I want to know, like are dungeons good now with all these buffs that they did, or like the other crazy things? So I'm excited about that, but without the, the miserable top deck in the format being there and the extra turn like loop stuff, that does make me interested in playing standard again. So personally, I think I'll I'll probably play a mixture of the two when uh, when Kamigawa comes out. Like, well.
2: I mean, yeah, like I'll still want to see what standards like because, like, of course, you know, you won't have any of the alchemy exclusive cards, right? But I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the alchemy exclusive cards haven't been even been that bad, so like, I, 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 don't know. Like, does this does this bring people back to standard? I don't think so. I mean, it, it may for like a temporary spike, but yeah, like, also, I don't even think that alchemy took standard uh, players away entirely. I think people are still like, on the fence about how alchemy works. So, but, uh, yeah, like, I, I, I'm, I'm on alchemy the entire time. I'm playing alchemy. And I'll try as, standard.
0: As far as the, the alchemy changes, uh, there's a ton of them. I don't think we talk about all of them. Some of them really crack me up, though. The funniest one is, is there a Serac buff? <laughs> Where now your opponent doesn't have the option to sack a creature when it attacks, you just get to make a zombie, which the funny thing about that is I don't think I've ever seen a Sarak make a zombie or attack. Like the only time <laughs> I have ever seen a Sarak see play is in some sort of like bounce it back to your hand to venture through dungeons style deck. So it's just like the the most meaningless buff I could potentially like ever imagine for a Sarak. It just like I don't think it changes the card at all, but I guess technically it's it's better now. The other surprise was wizards went hard after the dungeons. Like, do you think dungeons are gonna be playable in alchemy now that wizards went through and nerfed like 10 cards that somehow interact with venturing into dungeons like is it going to be enough to make that mechanic work i went ahead and already made a dungeon deck
2: and like i like try to make a dungeon deck but I, i so far you know the land descent or whatever down like down to the dungeons or whatever like that card the fact they they need to remove the it can only be activated at a sorcery speed. I, even though it's one mana now as opposed to four, dude, I, <laughs> I feel like dungeons still just aren't doing
1: it for me. That that card was turbo off. The, they went from four to one. That's like a free, <laughs> a free like and- double dark ritual there. Um, And and the original
0: came in to play tap, too. (laughs) Oh, my God. So many changes. Funnily
1: enough, I was actually grinding EDH this weekend with a dungeon deck. And I must say, it is the (laughs) most terrible, most underwhelming mechanic I've ever seen in my life. Like, you work so hard. And after, like, four ventures, you, like, draw a card and you're like, that's it? Like. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So I just cannot see this being competitive and standard in like any way or an alchemy. Sorry,
2: the way they would be able to change things up is if they not only made like the dungeon cards better, but the dungeons themselves actually did something. Yeah. Uh, like, like I mean, just just from the way the dungeons are built right now, I think there's just not there's no way the payoff is too. It's too too small. It's just not worth it. Um, and, and like, legitimately, that land was a buff in the right direction, but really,
0: why sorcery speed? Like, yeah, why? I mean, why? I. I I still, don't, I still don't think it's gonna be enough to make it good, but it's enough to make me interested in trying dungeons again now, because they really did, they, they went pretty hard with these buffs. Like not only a land, but a lot of other spells, they just like drop the cost by a mana, or like uh, the biggest changes were really to make the, that whole mechanic better. I think maybe the most impactful changes for alchemy in specific are probably the cards from alchemy that change. And really I think our predictions, as we had been talking about it, we kind of nailed it for the most part, like fearsome whelp, the two drop dragon thing. now it triggers on your upkeep rather than uh, immediately on your end step, which is something we had talked about inquisitor captain, now you have to cast it so you can 't do the blink shenanigans, which is something we talked about. Townraiser tyrant only hits non basics, which i don't know if we actually predicted that one, but that seems like a why. good change. Uh, I mean it was really it was pretty strong like that was a a really good card and I don't know if it needed to be buffed but I'm fine with alchemy just changing all the time like take the take the top cards and make them worse make the bad cards better just so it feels fresh but I gotta ask you crib the other like huge change actually only hits historic which is a we're getting rebalanced versions of banned cards and it started with one of your favorites to fairy time raveler is back it's four mana now. Otherwise, uh, it's almost the same. Its static ability was changed slightly to your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. So you can't really use it to win counter wars or whatever on your opponent's turn, but you are going to be clear to do your stuff during your turn. Otherwise, I think it's essentially the same as far as its abilities. What do you think of this new version, Krim? Uh, is Teferi actually going to be playable again? So I went ahead and also built that deck because, you know, I, I got to.
2: I, I do think that the p- uptick in mana is definitely very, very much so. Like, it, it could be... Like, the upside is now I don't hit my own Teferi with something like, let's just say Shadow's Verdict, right? Like, that's great. But the, the the slot where Teferi came down on the curve at 3 mana was huge. So, like, I I think with Teferi getting upticked up to 4 mana now, I, I this is going to sound weird but i think he should do one have one more ability i don't think that it's actually like like it's just okay um the the ability like the passive is still like solid like the card i'm not expecting it to be what it once was right cuz what it once was was obviously very powerful but i i i think this new version needs one more ability it's just it's not enough i guess I, I feel like if I'm tapping out for four mana historic, I wanna actually like win the game. Or like get, or like at least have a pretty solid piece on the board, right? Like and and Teferi does not feel like it's a game ender yet. Or like even like a, a way to help you move towards closing out the game.
0: I mean, I do think it might be a little bit a little bit underpowered now, but I'm kind of okay with that. I would say like huh, I feel like if they're gonna rebalance existing cards, they got to try to take as light of a touch as possible. Like, the further you get away from the original, I think the stronger the argument becomes for just like making a whole new card and leaving the card banned. So, if they were going to take Teferi and just like start adding new abilities and like completely making it a different card. That would make me wonder, like, why Why are you even rebalancing it? Why does it even have the name Teferi Time Raveler? Why didn't you just release this in Alchemy or something as a new version of Teferi? So I think, like, if the goal is to keep it as close to the original as possible, but have it not be as broken, I feel like they did an okay job, but I'm honestly not sure this version is going to see much play at all costing four mana. It seems I, I haven't really played with it myself, but my gut reaction is it's just probably not good enough and a little bit too slow for Historic now. It's just okay.
2: I think that's the main thing. Like, It's legitimately just perfectly average. So they don't have Maybe to that's refund you wild cards. <laughs> Technically, I you mean, can play your
1: terrible boom. Teferi now. Like, going from three to four changes the card <laughs> entirely. So I agree with that this should be a light touch, but they should have kept him at three CMC and somehow fixed him otherwise because you know you're changing his spot on the curve and you're changing his role in the game. He's effectively a new card. Right. So I, I actually don't like this move to four
0: mana value. I don't I don't know if you guys read the article where they announced this change. Uh, they, <laughs> they had a line in there speaking of wild cards where they like before you ask, don't worry. We're not going to go back into your collection and take out the wild cards that we refunded you two years ago. For banning to ferry the first time. I was like, why would you even feel the need to say that? Why why <laughs> did anyone at Wizards <laughs> have an idea pop into their head that that could even be a possibility that you would go in and retroactively like recoup the wildcard refund from two years ago because you made this rebalance version? That
1: would be pretty that was funny. Maybe my, we would be in negative the, wild
0: cards if we wild card Wildcard <laughs> they're gonna send us to wild card collections. It was and probably a, gonna, an epic gonna, debate <laughs> internally
1: whether <laughs> in <lot>, in <laughs> they should take back the wildcards and they narrow <laughs> just won out to <laughs> not take them back, so they felt the need to proclaim it, you know?
2: But see? Uh, we're I, in your good graces now, right? We, we gave you some wild cards and didn't
0: take them back. Uh, Alright, last last banning topic, and then we really gotta get to spoilers. Raghavan banned in Legacy. Anyone got any thoughts on the Legacy changes? I don't play Legacy, so... Card was dumb. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm always in favor of... <laughs> Of the stupid monkey seeing Les play, it feels like legacy players were pretty happy with the change overall. So I think I'll just I'll just go with what I've heard all of them saying, which seems to be in general. People are happy about Raghavan being gone in the format and probably a good thing. Also, I guess last last thing. Are you surprised at all at no modern changes? I'm so surprised by that.
2: <laughs> like nothing. Not even like like like. OK, fine. Well, maybe maybe not a band, but like unbanned. Anything, like just anything at all, please. I'm just surprised that nothing happened.
1: I'm shocked. Wizards doesn't want yeah. to sell three mana value up cards. Like what? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. like even if the even if the meta game is perfectly balanced, right? Like you effectively just remove like half of your
0: sellable cards. So I am shocked
1: they haven't done anything about it.
0: I was I was pretty surprised, too. I, I thought at least Lurus would go, and I thought that unbannings were, like, a real possibility. Just unban some, like, relatively harmless thing just so there'd be some amount of change. But at the same time, I guess I'm not super disappointed. The only thing I'm really disappointed by is Lurus. Like, I still really strongly feel that lures is a bad thing for the format, and I hope it goes eventually, but... Ugh, otherwise, I can I can deal with the monkey and deal with Saga for the time being because the format is still really enjoyable to play even if those cards are like certainly a couple of the strongest in the entire format. But anyway, we should probably talk spoilers. Uh, so that's the B and R update. Let's move on. Talk some Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. We're like three days, four days into spoiler season, but we have like a million cards wizard spoiler pacing i love to dump a million cards at the beginning spoiler season so we got a ton of mythics we got a ton of rares uh so you can check them all out over mtdpreviews.com we update it throughout the day and there's daily spoiler videos on the youtube that you should watch but for now richard why don't you take it away and guide us through some spoiler cards all right let's start off with the new
1: mechanics um, well, actually, uh, let's start off with, like, a little bomb here, which everyone figured out. Uh, Tamio completed Sage. So, it's a new Planeswalker, completed Sage, so Phyrexian Tamio, two green, Phyrexian green, blue, and then blue. So, a hybrid mana symbol in which you can pay uh, either with Phyrexian mana, so two life, or green or blue. Uh, so, that that is the new... That is the new mechanic. The mechanics called completed. Uh, so five starting loyalty, legendary planeswalker, Tamio, plus one, tap up to one target artifact or creature. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Minus X, Exile, target non-land permanent card with mana value X from your graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of that card. Minus seven, create Tamios Notebook, a legendary colorless artifact with spells you cast cost two less and tap draw card.
2: Are, are they not doing emblems anymore? They're just we're just making yeah, an artifact. What's going on? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That call me by surprise Interactable. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I think I think can you tap an emblem? Like is that even a thing you can do? I was wondering if that's what made it happen. Like yeah cuz I don't know if you can tap an emblem or maybe maybe you can. I don't like, can think so. It's not
2: it. like a permanent, right? I don't
0: know. We've never had an emblem that's been tapped before. Could they just update kind of the rules weird, to allow like, emblems to be tapped? <laughs> I mean, it definitely makes it a lot less powerful. I guess that would be the only other consideration is maybe they thought the emblem would just be too strong <laughs> and I mean, they needed to have it, it killable, essentially. <laughs> it be yeah, strong. like, I
2: I don't know. I mean, I I, I love this Tameo, though. I, I think, like, flavor-wise, I think a lot of things are really cool about it. Like, the, the adding of the Phyrexian mana was really fun, but... What, what is this ultimate? Like, this is the first time where it's like, wow, this ultimate is like, I, I get an artifact. That's it. It's not even worth the, the rest of the, the, <laughs> the troubles. But I mean, the nice thing here, though, is you can, at the very least, get a Tamio at a reduced cost. So I think that's pretty interesting. Like, the whole, uh, the return of Phyrexian mana and whatnot. And, uh, like, maybe, maybe it's like, this is definitely more a balanced version of Phyrexian mana, but it's still Phyrexian.
0: Yeah, I, I like how they... I, I'm surprised to see Fraxian mana return, because that's like a notoriously one of the most broken mechanics was ever made. But this does seem like a really fair way to use it, where I think uh, if you cast Tamio for five or for four with the Fraxian mana, it's still going to be a fair card. And I like how there's a bit of a cost, like you get less loyalty if you use yeah. the Fraxian mana. So I think it's a really cool design. I don't know what the power level of Tamio is, honestly. I think the negative X is pretty interesting. Uh, it, essentially a Simic re- Animation spell that can hit any non-land permanent. So yeah, there's a mana value restriction, but still, if you play this for five mana, you can immediately reanimate something up to what, five mana, which isn't bad. Like five mana reanimation is kind of the going rate right in standard, so that part really intrigues me. The rest of it, I feel like the ultimate is a little disappointing just cause I know like you're gonna do all this work and you're gonna get this cool not emblem emblem that's actually a legendary artifact and then it's gonna get Prismari commanded or like some horrible thing's gonna happen like and you're just going to waste your Tameo. so i don't know with the em- with the emblem not being an emblem with it being a legendary artifact i kind of feel like maybe this is a little bit weak overall even though i i do really like the design of it
2: yeah the the emblem have like being something you can target and remove off a prismari command is definitely kind of underwhelming i don't know why you guys are talking about this emblem like no one gets the emblem off <laughs> But, like this card is just i mean fair
1: trash like I, they, they were like too safe Oof, with the oh. phyrexian mana Oof. right like they so there is the drawback so if you cast it normally it's five loyalty if you cast it with phyrexian it's three loyalty but the plus one is like pretty weak the reanimation hinges on if there's a broken low mana value thing to reanimate but like this oh. is this is just like wasting which is what we
0: want right but i don't know it's unplayable for your mythic tabio though you know what they should have done they should have two it should be one generic mana and then have two of the phyrexian symbols so you could cast it for three mana and it would start with one loyalty would that make it would that make it better i think that would be pretty good yeah i think that would be you cool is just tap something (laughs) so i mean (laughs) that's pretty good Get back a Mishra's Bobble, I guess. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: basically Luris. <laughs> just just so. hope there's something spicy to reanimate, and then maybe you can Tamio it. But other than that, it's it's kind of it's kind of meh. Um, all right, so we have Sagas in this set, and the Sagas on the third chapter <laughs> flip the card into the backside <laughs> into an enchantment creature. So we have new sagas that transform into enchantment creatures. And uh, let's go with uh, uh, Hidetsugu. I can find him amongst all these neon Hmm. variants. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, I gotta search consumes all. Okay, (laughs) I'm like, there's so many neon variants of the other one. Okay, so Hidetsugu consumes all one black and a red. Uh, First first uh, chapter, destroy each non-land permanent with mana value 1 or less. Uh, 2. Exile all graveyards. 3. Exile the saga then return it to the battlefield transformed under your control. The backside vessel of the all-consuming enchantment creature, ogre shaman 3-3 trample. Uh, When it deals damage, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on it. Uh, Whenever it deals damage to a player, if it has dealt 10 or more damage to that player this turn they lose the game. Cool. So this is like a suspend creature with like two upkeep abilities before they unsuspend, right? Something like that. Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my biggest concern. If you think about how this card works, like you play it on turn three you blow up some little stuff. Turn four, you exile graveyards. Turn five, you flip it, but because it exiles, it's going to be summoning sick. So you can't attack with it until turn six. And this has been my problem with all of these sagas really is that just feels so slow. Like by the time it flips around into a three, three, what are the odds you're going to be able to start attacking with your vessel all-consuming? Like, it's a 3-3 three, three on turn 6. Your mono-green opponent just played, you know, a 4-4 four, four on turn 3. Like, you're going to be so far behind by the time it flips around. So I'm really, really curious. All of these sagas, the designs are so sweet, but they just feel so super slow to me to get to their creature form. But am I off base? Are they better than I give them credit for?
2: I mean, there's a chance these actually, like, the meta could see these get played right? I mean, we don't have Divide by Zero anymore, right? So I guess there's no worry about, like, getting my Sagas bounced out of nowhere. Um, I mean, maybe the creature yeah. half and whatnot, but, like, I, if they're bouncing my creature half, it's not the end of the world, right? So I I think there's just enough value here. It kind of comes down to what the first two chapters do on their own, right? Because anything that happens afterward, it's just more value for you. If they use removal, they use it on something that you already got your use out of. So I think the fact that they flip into a creature is, well, that's pretty major. And I think that's going to be definitely make Sagas way
0: more playable. I, I, I think I'm with you as far as, for me, I'm mostly evaluating them based on their first two lore counters. Like, if those first two lore counters are good enough for me to want the card, then the creature is just kind of all upside. It's just like a bonus. On the other hand, we've seen some, like... Tribute to Hirobi. First two lore counters just give each opponent a 1-1. Uh, that, that does not make me as excited. Like, if those first two lore counters are not beneficial or they're helping your opponent in the case of tribute to Hirobi, then I don't think the creature is, it, it's just not fast enough for me to make it worth it. So I think that's how, how you gotta evaluate them for Hitosugo in specific. This card to me screams modern. Like we see people playing like crime punishment, we see engineered explosives being like in ultra staple. To me, this reads like snipe all your opponent's herbs of the Saga constructs, wrath the graveyard against Luris decks, and then you get a, a, a creature, which is fine. It's only a 3-3 three, three, and it's probably gonna die to lightning bolt, but still, like that's a that's a bonus. So I am actually more hyped for Hidasugu consumes all in modern than in standard, I think.
2: Yeah, no hidda looks pretty cool. Uh, but I'm 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 not sure if like modern if it's fast enough for modern, right? Destroy each non Land permanent with mana value one or less. I mean like that's pretty decent. Exile all graveyards. I mean, maybe.
0: I guess maybe. I mean if you if you play explosives on one and then pay two more to cast it, that's three mana. It is split up between turns, but expl- and your Explosives is like one of the most played sideboard cards right now. So I think just for that alone but I like would explosives you get so to in, you get to pop it right like you, and you yeah it's flexible and you get to pop it whenever
2: right like as long as you have the mana so like i could pay two mana put it on two counters and pop it instantly this will always be locked behind the fact that it has to have its chapters
0: uptick at my upkeep or whatever mm. or my my main phase that's, one so that's, that's a true. lot slower but you get a 3 3. You get a 3 3 when it's all said and done. Yeah, 3 3 like
1: three turns later in modern. Like, you get to finish a whole second game like before this like went off, right? Like,
0: it comes back in in game two sometime. In the middle of game two, boom, it's back. Remember this can that, be removed, that would make right? sense. You can also
1: remove the saga at any time. Um, but I don't know. All the sagas seem very. Under, they seem like they were designed for limited, and they're at rarity because you don't want you they're at rares because you don't want them all over your limited games, but the front sides are all super underwhelming, and then the back sides are all equally underwhelming creatures, so, like, I'm not sure you want to go through this effort, and remember, if you're top decking this late game, you don't get a creature to chump block with or something right off the bat, right? You have, like, nothing, right? You get your saga trigger, which may or may not be relevant, so it's not even, like, a creature you can chump with or try to finish the game with, like, you draw this on turn six, you're attacking, like, turn nine or something, right? So, like, I don't know. They seem very underwhelming for the rarity given to them. Yeah,
0: that's that's kind of where I'm at, too. They just feel so incredibly slow to me.
1: All right. Uh Next up, we have a new mechanic channel. So, it's on Beseju who endures, which is a new legendary land at rare. You can tap it to add a green. Uh, it enters untapped. Uh, and you can use its channel ability, which is one in a green, discard Bliseju, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or non-basic land and opponent controls. That player may search their library for a land card with a basic land type, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. This ability costs one less to activate for each legendary creature you control.
0: Oh my, this card is so incredibly broken. Like, I, I, I am blown away that this card actually exists. And this is like, uh, mostly for older formats, but even it's standard, like, I love MDFCs. I love MDFCs. They're <laughs> some of my favorite guards. If you think about a magic deck, you got to play like 25 lands. Most of those times, those lands don't do anything. They're just letting you cast your other spells. So lands that do things are really powerful. If you think about a mythic MDFC, you got to pay three life for it to come into play untapped. And most of them are really over It's like seven mana spells that you can't use to the late game. This comes into play to untapped all the time for no cost of life. And it has a two mana effect. It's like a naturalized, which is already like pretty close to being on curve. Like people play naturalized style artifact destruction and it comes attached to a land like wow this card is so insane to me like i feel like this card just changes modern and legacy and vintage and i play in every commander deck and i play it in every standard deck am i am i overrating this card or is this card just like absurd oh this card's absurd
2: this card is just absolutely bonkers right like the 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 flexibility of this is like exactly why i'm in love with this this is so broken yeah this is a mistake like so it's destroy target
1: artifact enchantment or non-basic land
0: that's two mana
1: non-basic land destruction like what on a land (laughs) and like oh forget if you have life life from the loam or something right like good luck right like you can just keep casting this forever like i'm shocked that this is a thing and you know there's like there's no real downside like the downside is a legendary land but then you can just use this channel ability you know you don't need to like you know you, you don't get duplicates that do nothing so I am actually yeah. shocked they did this, and I'm shocked that in standard you're gonna see non-basic
0: land hate. Uh, Good. Gonna, I mean, so yeah, So is it is it worth mentioning that you get a land, you get a tree, place it with a land. So it's not like you're sinkholing someone. Like they do get to get another land to replace it. So, and I think they worded it with the basic land types to keep to keep you from locking people too easily in like modern or legacy, where people don't play that many basics. You can actually grab dual land, so that gives people oh, enough stuff in their deck that they're can, not gonna get so you can grab immediately wasted. Landed to you you can yeah, underground uh,
1: you never, yeah i thought you could because like i thought you could like basically uh like land destruction people like people do with uh what's the like lean and arbiter stuff right yeah like remove your one basic or whatever from the game, yeah.
0: and then you're like
1: totally hosed right
0: yeah they so it's a little safer than that but i still think it's like To me, this, like, how do I play a Blood Moon deck now? Like, this kills Trinospheres. It kills Chalice of the Voids. It kills stuff at instant speed through a Teferi. Like, it gets rid of every relevant hate card. Like, uh, Rest in Pieces and Rule of Laws. All the stuff that people play, like, I don't know how this isn't just... I don't know how vintage shops exists with this being a card in the format. Like, how does a deck like that actually remain a thing? And plus, you can get it back with Ren and Six. You can get it back with Life from the oh You can get it back with right. Slogger and yeah. Standard. Like, I think this ends up with like Ren and Six getting banned. I don't know how because this is a whole cycle too. We're talking about one of them, and I think this is the best of them. But the whole cycle the, seems the blue like one's pretty really playable. Good. The blue one, yeah, is four mana bounce a, a non land essentially, uh, except it doesn't say non land, so you can bounce creature lands or like Urza's Saga. Uh, so yeah, I think this whole cycle is just it's gonna it's everything I love about MDFCs, but I think these are just like uh, way more powerful. You know, what's, and I think MDFCs you know are pretty disgusting
1: about this. You monkey. And that gives you your legendary creature to reduce the cost of Ooh. this. Like it, it, Ooh, it's like yeah. so
0: disgusting on so many levels. Like oh, ugh. oh, it's insane. It's just a, it's a and in worst case you play it as a land. Like and it comes into a play untapped and it doesn't even cost <sighs> you is, this life. This is like, Seth's dream, untapped yep. MDFCs. <laughs> oh it really, yeah, it really is. It's it's oh my goodness, it's so good. I mean, you play this in essentially every commander deck, right? Why would you not? Oh yeah. I mean 100%. I maybe not if you're five color or something and you can't afford a land that taps for one color of mana, but otherwise, why wouldn't you play it in every deck? In it, in essentially every format. <laughs> it is legitimately just free, right? Like it's so good. Yeah. Especially as a one of like there's maybe a little clunkiness if you play the full four copies you still maybe there's not enough good stuff to blow up and you don't want to keep giving your opponent land so you don't want to get a little legend rule trouble but it's like a one of or a two of I don't know how this isn't just a free roll in essentially every format the only the only saving grace is they're not mythics.
1: That is my cards. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although it's still like thirty five dollars pre sale at the moment, or something. So still not going to be cheap. Still can't believe. Ugh, like what? What happened to lands they are just lands? Like why do they have to have spells
1: stapled on? uh All right. Next, reconfigure mechanic. uh Essentially allows you to attach a creature onto something else as an equipment so that comes on lion sash which is one in a white one one artifact creature equipment cat uh pay a single white exile target card from a graveyard if it was a permanent card put a plus one plus one counter on lion sash equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each plus one plus one counter on lion sash Reconfigure two. attach to target creature you control or unattached from a creature we can figure only as a sorcery while attached. This isn't a creature. Uh, are we so Richard, finally
2: there? Like, are we finally at a point where maybe now there's actually good enough artifacts? Because remember, we were talking about it earlier, Seth. Okay, remember how we predicted that, or I, I, at least I did for sure. I was saying that the was it fighter class or whatever that could go uh-huh. and get equipments right. Now, are that we at that point now?
0: I mean, if you can grab a creature, that makes it way more exciting. Then, I mean, then your Enlightened Tutor is also a Worldly Tutor or something, if you have enough enough of these in your deck. So I think that actually does change things like Fighter Class. I mean, I think that's the biggest upside of something like Lion's Ashes. Like, you can grab it with Stoneforge, you can grab it with Fighter Class. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say these cards might actually make Fighter Class playable in Standard. I mean, this this card is awesome, right? Like, the- I, it's pretty close to scavenging ooze that yeah. can also be in it like even if it didn't do the weird equipment thing and this was just a white scavenging ooze even that would be like pretty good but the fact that it can be gotten by fighter class and stoneforge that just like puts it over the top what uh what do you think richard you're the equipment master here i'm curious what you think of this mechanic because you play more equipment than me and Krim put together i the think commander i think it's bad um so really? I, I would much rather have living weapon because this is equipment
1: that gets wrathed, right? So uh, It's true. That, like, you know, you, you can get your equipment removed, which is a little problematic. It's only like commander. But I think in 1v1 formats, I think it's strong. Like, do you play this in modern with Stoneforge Mystic as a way to, like, I think so. tutor up to get some graveyard hate, right? Like, that is a real possibility. So I actually think these are quite playable in standard and maybe even modern. Um, but I, I'd rather prefer a Living Weapon. Like I don't want to play this and get it swept up with the wrath. Uh, so I don't know. I maybe you play. Uh, maybe, I might Sash may be good enough for the graveyard hate alone to play in Commander. But yeah, that's like Lizard Blades That's what I was like say. Fire Shrieker. Do you play Lizard's Blades or do you play Fire Shrieker?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think Lion Sash is the exception because yeah. it's uh, tutorable graveyard hate essentially, which I don't think we had on any other equipment before. So I think that makes it unique. The rest of them, I think, being a creature is actually a drawback in Commander a lot of the times, like you were saying. Like I think I would rather have real equipment that don't die to a sweeper than than those in most cases. Right. But
2: in Standard, this card is definitely I think playable. So
0: yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's whatever. definitely playable in standard. I, and I think it's gonna show up in Stoneforge decks in Modern. I mean it's a, a really nice just like one of in the main deck of the sideboard. And uh, in there, it's not gonna replace Calder, or complete or battery skull, but in the right matchup, like this is a great tutor target if you're up against Reanimator or Dredge or some other deck like that. Like that's gonna be a go to a go to tutor target. So I think it's gonna show up in modern too. <laughs> Except now those decks
2: have that stupid land to just blow up the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean,
1: that is the thing. New meta uh, all right. Next up, we have Kadama of the West Tree. 2 in a green, 3-3, three, three, legendary creature spirit at mythic reach. Modified creatures you control have trample. When a modified creature you control deals combat damage to a player, search your library for a basic land card, put it onto
0: the battlefield, tapped, then shuffle. And modified means it is equipped, it has an aura on it, or it has a counter on it. So that, that's what makes something modified.
2: Yeah. And and I think that that's going to be pretty easy to do, considering that things you know, example, like give stuff themselves like a, just a menace counter, or 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 maybe an aura or an equipment, or just of course a classic one one counter. So I I think modified is actually going to be pretty good, depending on what like the modified payoffs are. Like for example, right now looking at this. Maybe this isn't immediately going to take off, but, you know, think of like something like a Wild Growth Walker or something like that, right? And then just something that gives itself counter super easily. I can imagine, like, a mid-range deck, maybe a Golgari mid-range deck popping off with that. So I think it just needs a few more pieces, but for right now, Modified looks like it could be powerful. And Kodama would definitely be at the center of whatever that is.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, we do have plus one, plus one counter stuff in standard. There's just like one drop, zero, zero, enter the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter. So it's not that hard to, uh, there's mentor stuff. If you go back to like historic or pioneer, then you get like winding constrictors and conclave mentors. You got hardened scales decks in modern. So there are definitely decks where like most of your creatures are just incidentally going to be modified and giving those things trample actually seems kind of kind of nice like i've noticed that with some of the conclave mentor decks that i've or winding constrictor decks that i've seen in like historic sometimes they can build like a massive creature and then it just gets chump-locked forever until they die this kind of takes away that problem and it ramps you and thins your deck I i think this definitely shines in commander as well like in commander odds are you're going to be able to get in some attacks with it. You actually have stuff to ramp into, and everyone's playing some number of equipment, and plus one, plus one counter-themed decks would definitely want this Torrens or Hamza, the elephant thing. So I think this card's actually really good. And this card is so ridiculously broken in Commander.
1: <laughs> this is, this, oh, this is yeah. the new Toski. Like, Wha- what? <laughs> you, equip, you equip your Dowsing Dagger, you hit him. <laughs> like, that's oh, plus my four goodness. mana, right? Like, everyone plays... like just like boots right you put boots on something yeah. and you hit them and you ramp right like that's ridiculous you put boots on something it has trample now like that's ridiculous you play experiment one and you hit someone right and it's each is it each creature so if uh, you, yeah, you yeah if you hit with creatures, multiple creatures you, you get four ramp. lands yeah yeah that's yep that is the this mo- like this you is just curve out three three like, yeah, you just curve out mana. with like a one mana one one with like a two mana two plus one plus one counters or whatever. You hit someone. That's like a three mana explosive vegetation,
0: right? Like that, and it sticks around. So you do it again the next turn and the next turn. Like, yeah, this card. I don't think it's a very good commander, but in the ninety nine, I think this is like just insane in commander. It, it is so ridiculous. It, it actually makes me sad because we, like, <laughs> I, you're gonna run it on basics to ramp. Like, you really. <laughs> it's gonna be very we're, we're difficult. All... <laughs> We're all going to be building Tomer decks now with 20 <laughs> basics for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh,
1: next up, we have Jin Gataxius, Progress Tyrant. Uh, tyrant. Ooh. Five blue, blue, five, five, legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. Whenever you cast an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. This ability triggers only once each turn. Whenever an opponent casts an artifact instant or sorcery spell, counter that spell. This spell, or this <laughs> ability, triggers
2: only once each turn. This card oh, yeah. is going to be amazing in Commander. When When I say amazing, there are going to be a lot of people upset at you, but, like, the thing here is this card is going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> in 60-card formats, is this good? Somebody,
0: like, like I don't think this is playable, right? It looks really bad compared to Hullbreaker Horror to me. Like in yeah. standard, if I'm like, okay, same mana cause, what would I rather play in my Ramp Deck or Control Deck? It's really hard outside of like fun against odds shenanigans. Like for me to understand why I'd play Jenga Taxius over Hullbreaker Horror in standard. Full good. Commander though. In Commander, this card, oh, my goodness, people are just going to be really salty about this card, which I guess makes sense because people get salty about Original Gin, too, because it kind of just gets your hand and it's, like, miserable. But this card actually seems, like, really, really powerful in Commander. Like, borderline, like, almost too powerful, like, at the very top end. I'm not saying it's, like, a bad thing or whatever, but I think this is going to annoy a lot of people and, uh, and be really strong in essentially any Commander deck. What's 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 the card that
1: makes people only cast one spell per turn?
0: Oh, Archon of Emeria is one of them. Rule of Law, I yeah, think, is yeah, another one.
1: So, Rule of Law, Jinn
0: taxis. That's... You think? Yeah, got him. I, I mean, mean, it does exempt creatures and Planeswalkers. Oh, so, so your opponent creatures. can still, like, play creatures, but you do lock spells and artifacts out of the game. Oh, Perfect. It's, it's fun, then. It's fine. Yeah, see, so it's balanced. <laughs> it's balanced. balanced, yeah, balanced.
2: <laughs> it's okay, everyone. Just use your... Cast your boom piles. Oh, no, you can't. <laughs>
1: yeah, you gotta use, like, a nickel bolus or something to kill...
2: <laughs> kill it? Yo, yo, no, no, no. We're stealing that. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the Wanderer's back. The Wanderer... The Wandering Emperor. Two White White. Legendary Planeswalker. Mythic. There's no name. It's just Legendary Planeswalker, by the way. Uh, three Starting Loyalty. Flash. As long as the wandering emperor entered the battlefield this turn, you may activate her loyalty abilities anytime you could cast an instant. Plus one, put a plus one, plus one counter on up to one target creature. It gains first strike until end of turn. Minus one, create a two, two white samurai creature token with vigilance.
0: Minus two, exile target tapped creature. You gain two life. Is this card good? Uh, this is like one of the most unique planeswalkers we've seen. It's like a, a pump spell that's a planeswalker essentially.
2: I think, I think, I think, uh, I think this is good. I think this is definitely good. Yeah. You got a double I activation. mean, it does seem
0: like a blowout, a blowout waiting to happen when you flash it in and get someone's attacking creature or pump your stuff and kill their stuff. So you should be able to get a two for one out of it at least. Yeah.
2: 100%. This, this thing is the, the, the flash is big, right? I mean, Let's let's not lie. To you, that that's just such a powerful ability to put on a planeswalker. On top of that, uh, if you even want to move it into like commander, that's a great format to have it too. Just because of the fact that well, yeah, you know, you can you can uh, like do this at the end of a cycle, a turn cycle, so you know your planeswalker doesn't get attacked. Um, I I do wish you could activate all abilities at instant speed. But but like that would be too broken, Wait. or I mean constantly. Can't you activate uh, all abilities? Yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, every, I mean I meant like every constantly. turn. You mean? Yeah Wait, every. Oh time. yeah. <laughs> that that might. Yeah <laughs> that, that was, might be, be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah that, that would be a be little ridiculous. too good. <laughs> but but yeah like this this is still very good regardless, and in a one v one format this card is gonna just this is this is it right? It perfectly allows you to still be aggressive to have a planeswalker in your aggressive deck. It just does a lot of what you want.
1: Isn't this just better? Yeah. Gideon. Like, mm, I guess Gideon was a zero it? and you can emblem. Oh, yeah. Like, so you can keep like making tokens. Because like, yeah. so you, what you can do is you can just hold this up and then if nothing happens, you can end of turn flash it in, create a 2-2 and then untap, make another 2-2 and your Planeswalker's still on one loyalty. Or if they like attack with the big creature, you flash it in and then you exile it and then you untap and then, I don't know, pump something, I guess. (laughs) Uh, So, I don't know. It seems pretty versatile. I think it's, like, kind of giddy, where you you can throw it in aggressive decks, maybe. You can
0: also throw it in just random control decks. So, I think... This, this I mean, be a decent card. Uh, yeah. I guess the the exile abilities actually pretty fairly costed. I think don't we have like, oh, is it exclude? What is there's one in standard that's three mana, just exile a, exile a tap creature, and it costs three mana. And this is one more mana, and you get all this token making potential and pumping uh, on top of it. So yeah, I think it's probably gotta even just like cast this, exile something during during your opponent's turn, untap, make a two two. Even that is a decent amount of value for four mana. Yeah. I, I think flash
1: makes any planeswalker significantly really better. Because you can yeah. just flash it at end of turn. It doesn't get attacked. And then this one actually allows you to d- do a double activation. Because you can activate once when you flash it in. And then once during your turn. So I actually think it's
2: pretty strong. Like, it doesn't do anything mm-hmm. flashy. But I do think it's very strong. Yeah. It literally does <laughs> something flashy. <Kim. laughs> I guess it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not a like exciting. It's very simple, like basic abilities, but legit. It is sweet. Yeah, uh, white weenie. Yeah, I'm coming around. White weenie, let's go. <laughs> you, you can like put a plus one, plus one this... counter on your reconfigure lion sash. Like, come on. <laughs> uh,
0: ooh, wait, ooh, wait, combo. wait, Seth.
2: You're you're not down for this. But, but what was the dude from the d d set the, the white Planeswalker from <laughs> Grandmaster the- oh,
0: give it time Grim. Grandmaster of Flowers actually because it, actually the reason I'm a little skeptical of this is because of Grandmaster of Flowers doing nothing because I was so hyped for Grandmaster of Flowers and then just no one plays it so now I see another white four mana Planeswalker and this one probably is good but I'm a little nervous to go all like crazy and be like yeah this card's so good because last time I oh boy I missed by a mile Bird by the way White weenie.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Tezzeret. Betrayer of Flesh. Two blue blue. Four loyalty. Legendary Planeswalker. Teferi. The first activated ability of an artifact. You activate each turn. Costs two less to activate. Plus one. Draw two cards. Then discard two cards. Unless you discard an artifact. Minus two. Target artifact. Becomes an artifact creature. If it isn't a vehicle. It has base power and toughness. Uh, four four. Minus six, you get an emblem with whenever an artifact you control
2: becomes tapped, draw a card. Oh, thank God. We're still doing emblems. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Wanderer didn't have an emblem. <laughs> yeah, well, you would be surprised. Like, like that. wow, we're still doing emblems. It feels like they're phasing this out or something like that, which I hope they don't do. But yeah, this this looks good. This looks good. Um, Like, somebody was trying to say to me that this could potentially get some play in Modern. I mean... It, what do you think? Is this modern playable? I mean, Tezzeret, Agent of Bolas, like, is is better, Tezzeret, right? Agent of is so good, yeah, and that doesn't Tezzerets. even really
0: see play. Like, I mean, I don't think it's, hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's something with that static ability with you your activated infinite? abilities being less. Well,
2: it's the first activated ability. You only get to do like one, can, so, it, so I just feel something like... something
0: you can activate
1: to bounce Tesseract and then go infinite.
0: Oh. Right. Look. I haven't found that, but maybe... That could work. Like, but it would ha- well I guess it could be like
2: cost too less to cast. Does To activate. No. <laughs> or to activate the yeah. Ornithopter combo doesn't even use mana, it uses
0: Thopters. Or not the Ornithopter, yeah. just the Thopter combo the uses. Sword. Yeah. Mm. I mean I don't know. Could this be modern playable? Sure. Like, it just reminds me of so many other Tezzerets. I like Tezzeret a lot, but this is just very, like, plus one, dry, thirst for knowledge, essentially. Draw some cards. Negative two, pump an artifact into a creature. Ultimate does some artifact thing. Like, a pretty pretty cookie-cutter Tezzeret uh, for me. I don't think it's bad. I think it's pretty good in a deck full of artifacts, but I, it's probably a little worse than Agentable, as I would say. It's the
2: most tezzeret thing that Tezzeret could do. Yes. <laughs> what about
1: the free crew? Can we break that? right because essentially minus two if you minus two a vehicle you Uh, just crew it for free
0: yeah so that's the one thing I'm hyped about Uh, I always have wanted to build a deck around Consulate Dreadnought the one mana vehicle that's like a 711, but it costs I don't know infinite to crew some really high number Uh, and normally if you use in Soul Artifact or something it's actually a drawback because it turns it into a smaller creature because it resets its base power and toughness Tezzerat actually works really well with that like turning your high crew cost vehicle into a creature with its real power and toughness forever that could be a thing so maybe that's where tesseract could shine the most does does the ah, this probably is not true but does the reduction of activated abilities hit crew costs like does that make your crew costs less because that we is activated so, that's not mana right or, yeah it, okay. it just costs it, like, two, two less yeah
2: not okay. power less, so, right so
0: so it would hit like uh equipment yep. being equipped or something okay that makes sense. But yeah, I think vehicles could be a potential home with the negative 2. It's also a permanent soul artifact as well, right?
1: So, do we have yeah. indestructible lands and in standard? The Caltime duels,
0: right? Uh we have the snow duels. They are mm, Those are those ones are from Modern Horizons. Oh, those are Modern they?
1: Horizons? Okay, never mind. The
0: indestructible ones were the artifact ones yeah, from yeah, Modern yeah. Horizons. Yeah. So I don't think we have indestructible lands in standard. But it doesn't say end of
1: turn. I don't know if that's a but or like it, that's like a oracle issue. No, I. It's permanent. I right? think it sticks. Yeah. So yeah. you can install artifact, some indestructible thingy, and do something.
2: All the but I mean why why uh, not just yeah. cast install artifact for two mana?
0: Is, well, is that Although, oh, and oh, I, oh yeah. Also, Tesserit Agent Bullis does the same thing, but it makes it a five-five. <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> but that's also not in also not in standard. So in standard, it could be cool, or maybe like historic. We've seen some like Black Staff of Waterdeep style like artifact aggro decks and we don't have Tezzeret Agent Abolus in historic so maybe maybe it could serve a similar role maybe that's where this fits like yeah slightly worse Tezzeret Agent Abolus but one that's legal and standard in historic where Tezzeret Agent Abolus isn't
2: fair yeah like I mean there's already a popular blue white affinity deck right so now you just kind of throw this in here right in there and like yeah. uh yeah you know like what you're yeah, Ornithopters that, big or whatever, beat him down. Yeah, no, this this is this is pretty good, actually. Now that I think about it, this though a lot of those like affinity cards are also in standard right now, right? Like you have that one blue staff, it's like two in a blue. And like Yeah, you can, black
0: staff of Waterdeep, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So there there's actually a decent amount of things you can do. I mean, it's been a minute since we've had artifacts actually be like really, really good in
0: standard. So uh yeah. And and all this artifact stuff, like we know we're going to Brothers War, Urza, yeah. and Mishra, like those have gotta be super artifacty sets. So Tesseret's one of those cards that like even if it doesn't take off immediately in standard, just wait until we get those sets that are almost assuredly gonna be artifact focused, and maybe this is gonna be like really, really good then. All right. All right, last card.
1: My personal favorite. Mech Titan
0: core. <laughs> two
1: generic, two four. It's literally Voltron. Like, look at the art of... I don't know what version this is. This, this other art version. <laughs> uh, it's literally Voltron. Uh, so, Artifact Vehicle, five generic Exile Mech Titan Core, and four other Artifact Creatures and or vehicles you control create Mech Titan, a legendary ten ten Construct Artifact Creature Token with Flying, Vigilance, Trample, Lifelink, and haste that's all colors when that token leaves the battlefield return all cards exiled with mech titan core except mech (laughs) titan core to the battlefield tapped under their, their owner's control crew two
2: i i am so here for this card like the the vehicles on this and the new like blue white commander oh man i i am definitely building a blue white commander deck now and like mech titan core That's exactly what I want to see, right? Like, we, I had joked about it when I saw the commander, like, oh, I'm making a Gundam deck. Now I'm I'm actually making a Gundam deck. And, and as funny as this is, this actually just looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. So I'm, I'm chuckling at that on, on top of that. So I am here for all these vehicles right now. And Mech Titan core costing two mana is amazing. It's not exact, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's like actually like all that good, uh, when it comes to like 60 card constructed, but, but commander, this is going to be a blast.
0: Oscar just super fun. Like th- this, is one of the cards I want to build around most. I also think it's probably like an against odds card rather than something that's going to be like top tier in standard or whatever. But it's just like it's super, it's super super fun. It's got like a cool quest. You get a powerful reward. It has haze. Uh, it's got good flavor. So yeah, this is this is one of my favorite cards from the set too. All right, I'm gonna go down the rabbit hole here, but. <laughs> Okay, this card is so good because you can
1: put like sky scanners and stuff under it. So when they <laughs> remove your med titan, they all come back and you get to draw so many cards. But the real reason is it combos with have- Happily Ever After. Oh my god!
2: <laughs> so that's the LJ. It's like god, the mono white
1: card where if you have like it's an alt win card but you need a permanent, uh, if there are five colors among permanents you control, right. So, but you, yeah. they have to play a 5C deck, and that's not cool. But now, now the mech is five colors, right? So it triggers well, Happily Ever yeah. After. So your
0: doesn't, mono white deck can, can Happily Ever After? Right? Does it work? Does it work? Wait, oh, no, no, Does, no. Doesn't, doesn't
2: Happily Ever After... Okay, so if there are five colors among permits you control, yeah. uh, there are six or more card types among permits you control and or in your graveyard. Yeah, yeah, you and your life far, yeah. total is greater than or equal to your starting yeah. life total. Good thing you
1: this is a game. 10-10 lifelink okay
0: yeah that yeah (laughs) okay yeah that that sounds like a that sounds like a combo Uh, quote-unquote yeah it it does work this is it this is it this is it (laughs) this is
2: it
1: it? it? (laughs) i'm so excited i I legit (laughs) i'm so excited for this to play like literal voltron here and i can play happily ever after as well
0: (laughs) And you can even do it at instant speed. So you can wait until you can wait until your opponent's end step, so you don't get blown out, and then flip it around and win on your upkeep. And, and worst case, that you actually, get four
1: sky scanner triggers. When it come, when yeah, blow sky scanner,
0: <laughs> silent simulacrum. Oh, <laughs> got him! Oh my! Oh! Oh my
1: goodness! That, I'm that, so... Oh
0: no! I'm so not casual about like
1: look at all the keywords on this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> on Richard's this Richard's is gonna be killing his own Mecha Titan just to get back his Sky Scanner and draw a card. <laughs> yeah, that, that that can't be the value. That's not that, that, that's not the value you think it is.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, there's there's gotta be. Oh, they need to make an artifact feature that adds mana when it enters the
0: battlefield, so you can somehow loop this infinitely. <laughs> Ooh, although Mech Titan Core does does stay exiled, right? It does.
1: Oh, you have to get rid of the core to put together the gun. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. you lose. You get all your other stuff back, but the core itself stays gone. Wizards well, had to make this card balanced somehow, so you know. <laughs> yeah, it would have been too broken.
1: <laughs> you know. Would have been too broken. All right, Seth, I expect a standard against the odds here. I don't know <laughs> how we can make this, this, is, this a standard, this is- but this has got to be a thing. <gasps>
0: It's on the top. It's on the top of my list for Against Odds. Uh, it is It is going to be one of the first cards we play, I think, as soon as we get this out because, boy, it seems so sweet. All right. So those are all the previews we to talk
1: about. So Wizards released, like, so many cards. So you can check them out, mtgpreviews.com. There are so many more mythics and rares we couldn't get to because Wizards decided to drop them all at once. So check them out. But You can see the rest of all the cycles we were talking about. You can see the new channel cards and the new sagas and whatnot so a ton of cards at
0: mtgpreviews.com and i think that that brings us to the end of episode 366 of the mtg goldfish podcast so no time for fish mail this week but richard uh if people want to send in questions for next week where should they uh send them all right you can send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg and we'll get to your questions uh, next week when spoilers die down a bit Ah, uh, yeah, so uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thanks to Richard and Greg for thank- hanging out. Thanks to Car Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk more spoilers and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So until then, enjoy spoilers, everyone. And this is the crew signing out.